Hello and welcome to another episode of Triple the Fitness. I'm Lewis, also known as LJ Muscle. Here today with me, I have Naeem and Ben to discuss the important topics in and around the fitness, health and nutrition industry, answering your questions and offering all of our own opinions. I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode eight of Triple the Fitness. I'm Naeem. We've got Ben. Hello. Yeah. I thought you'd like me for a minute. We've got big LJ Muscle. All right, I do. Cheeky one today, fellas. So we've, we've, we've just briefly dis- discussed what topics we're going to get into, but Ben has been itching, like itching, itching to talk so about sorry. this first topic. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not, it's so not even go. a topic. The listeners aren't really going to learn anything from this. I oh, just boy. need to get this off my chest and, and ranted. And I just... People might see therapists, whether it's like people like me, like sports therapists, massage therapists, physios, osteopaths, all the all the therapists, everyone. And I think now in the industry, too, we all know that there's a lot of exercise based recovery. You know, rest isn't going to suit everyone. We'd, we'd all agree about that. Yeah, I'm doing that right now, <laughs> aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> so just to. If you've got an injury of any kind, a pain of any kind, resting and stopping isn't going to be a good thing. All the therapists know this. Yesterday, I had a client in that had been to see a number of different therapists with different success successes. And they said, he said that they had all given him rehab exercises. And for the issue he had, it was a very easy to program area. Very, very um, straightforward. So I said, show me your exercises before I'd even got him on the couch assessed his technique on nearly yeah let's say 80 percent of the exercises wasn't efficient effective specific to his lower back nothing and i'm thinking for all of these therapists that he's seen none of them actually saw him do it they finished off the session sent him it via email and said do this between now and next time i see you yeah, that's pants. That is pants. So, what do you guys think? I mean, I know Naeem, you've had some sessions with me, um, Ooh, and you've terrible. probably seen me see me work. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen me work. Now, this isn't obviously me trying to big me up or anything like that. But have you had therapy sessions for anyone else, Lewis? Obviously, we've not had a session together yet. No, I have you, you. Have you seen a sports <laughs> therapist or a physio at any point in your history? Are you talking mm, to me or really. let's go let's go with Lewis to start off with, mate. Sorry, that was I'm I'm all oh, I'm all hyped up. I'm really? All... I've only really had like sports injury muscles, just about it really. So not anything like given exercises. Um I think the only thing was probably um when I was recovering from a broken wrist, they you know, in the hospital they kinda of show you how to well, they just show you or you give you a sheet with some exercises and they don't actually show you. Yeah. Um Same that's, issue. that's as far as it goes for me, really. Um but yeah, I don't really have a lot to say on it, but I'd like to know what would your approach be actually, Ben? So how would you split the session? Because we were just talking about this, weren't we? We're just sort of off off topic. And, and I don't know if this is because I'm a, I'm a personal trainer and a sports therapist. And I don't know if that's why I sort of lever exercise and rehab more into my sessions. There is a, an awful lot that we do in a session with a client that sort of, you have to try and make sure you're hitting their expectation so let's go with you lewis if you've come into me and said i've hurt my wrist still if i just sat you on the couch for 45 minutes and tried to rub your forearm better it's, it's never going to make it better <laughs> no so we need to exercise it we need to strengthen it we need to increase the mobility and the flexibility of that area yeah, um, I agree. and by doing that you're going to learn off of me by going onto a gym floor or even just grabbing some weights in a studio and going through a workout for that wrist. Mm. And that could take 20, 25 minutes. And I'd much rather yeah. that. And you go, oh, yeah, my wrist feels a bit worked now. Mm. Than me just kind of throwing it at the end and going, right, here's some sheets of exercises. Do this. Like you said about the, the physios that did for you. Mm. I feel sorry for some, some therapists because... That's what people expect. They expect just to go, oh, I've got a sore back. I want to lay on the couch and have a massage for an hour. Mm. Yeah. Naeem, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, like, like I think 
um, you hit the nail on the head, mate. And it's even bigger than just even therapy. It's even things that as trainers we should be doing. And I think it's that background that especially you have as a PT is that urge to do a little bit more. And like you say, everything, it's not overnight. You know, often when you talk to people about um, how someone arrived at back pain, if it's not, let's say like a catastrophic incident or an accident, Mm -hmm. it tends to be over like prolonged periods of time that this has occurred. And, you know, people can flash back through a couple of our um, episodes and see, you know, there's, we don't believe there is such thing as a crazy position to be in. It's all about the length of time and stuff. So why would you expect to have, I was going to say one magical rub, but can we say that? <laughs> nah, it's playing, the, playing it down a little bit. <laughs> but, but let's say one session and this wizard of a therapist has, has cured what has been bothering you for, let's be, let's be fair, people don't normally get a niggle and go straight to that. It's not, this is normally after months. Ben, when I saw you, I've been dealing with that um, like subscapularis thing for, what, near on 10 years. Wow. Because I'd seen it get better and better because of the time I'd, I'd, I'd spent just working things and doing things, but not necessarily ever targeting it in the most efficient and effective way. You know, yeah. so these people will come to you with that. And for, if I use myself in a, as an example, I haven't got the expectation of seeing you for one session. I'm like, that's right. This thing that's bothered me for 10 years is done all from that, all from that session with yourself. There's a lot more outside of that needs to be done. You almost need to hit factory reset in my, yeah. in my eye. And that's yeah. exactly what it is. You know, giving, not just saying to people, here's the exercise, but here's how you do it right is so important because without the technique, without the form, without the actual general know-how of what you're doing and why you're doing Chances are you're not even going to be working or, or let's say, rehabilitating the muscle or whatever it is you need to do effectively. Yeah, I think that's so important. And certainly things like, like you said about your shoulder or a lower back is another really good example, is you can do the movements badly and ineffectively. Yeah. So you can think you're doing a really good movement. And it's, when you get someone to look at it, you go, that can be a lot better. So then it's not just a case of you've wasted the time and it's a little bit like PT. You know, someone might come to you for a particular goal, spend an hour a week with you. But what are they doing for the rest of that week? Same goes for rehab and the exercise based rehab is so much more important. I do just want to kind of leave her in here. That's not to say any couch work isn't beneficial. We do (laughs) need to still have that good split. And I reckon, Lewis, you sort of touched on 50-50 split would be ideal i probably don't even work work to that i reckon i'm probably like a 75 split on a couch 25 Mm -hmm. in terms of exercises Mm -hmm. um but it varies consistency as well though isn't it you know because sometimes people think if they do it once these exercises that'll be it you know i mean it's about staying consistent yeah um and i do think it is the exercises that are in the long run they can be quite would you say would they be the most important in the long run because I've noticed that when I had my wrist injury, I would think do exercises and that definitely helped. I think it was within three months I went, it went from being broken to being able to pick up a car on a deadlift again just from doing exercises. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a bit of an extreme case. But, <laughs> I, but, I, I've got a few analogies with this. Is yeah. in, in the short term, you want to treat your ex, uh, rehab exercises like cleaning your teeth. Mm. So we wake up every day, we clean our teeth before we go to bed every day, and that's just our routine. Um, you should do that with your rehab-based exercises. Um, but on the flip side, when you've recovered from it, there's absolutely no reason to focus specifically on wrist rehab because it's rehabbed. It's better. It's fine. You could deadlift before the injury. You can now deadlift after the injury. That's really good. But the accessory movements around it, I do feel like people need to spend more time. Naeem, you're a great example of this with your shoulder. Um you know, you're incredibly strong, incredibly athletic. You start doing a little bit of isolated internal, external rotation. You don't mm. look very comfortable. Mm. Um, and it's just taking a movement and saying, how, are, how is that for you? And you're saying, hmm, not good, actually. And then yeah. if we improve that, it's not really causing you pain or discomfort anymore, but it's holding you back from performance. 
Would you say yeah. a lot of people get um, afraid to use that area, you know, like an injury or something like that? Would you say quite a large amount of people get afraid to use that? You get what I mean? And they're afraid to go even close to any sort of exercises well, from the beginning. I, I totally agree with that. And I think that is down to why I get a bit ranty and why this kind of, <laughs> I wanted to get this out there on this podcast, because it's kind of down to the therapist to build confidence in that movement. Yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, it's true. I agree. If you're just saying these exercises are really good, please go and do them. The first time you go <laughs> away, it hurts. You go, oh, I don't know if I can do it because it still hurts. Yeah. If you did it in front of me and, and you said, oh, it's a bit niggly, I go, that's fine. That's the amount of pain I want anymore. Too much. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they've got that power then of that control, the expectation against there to know what to do. Yeah. So one more question, would you say it's worse to leave it, you know what I mean, as in don't exercise it? Because I know when people come out of like casts and stuff like that, I was coming out and I was thinking, oh, I need a wrist support and stuff like this. And they said, oh, <laughs> it's better that you just leave it and then you try and, try and you know, get using it in your day-to-day life with small things and work your way up. So would you agree with saying that it's actually worse to completely leave that injury and always rest it, basically? Lewis, if I could, I'd just give you a cuddle right now because these questions are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, don't don't forget about an injury. Don't rest it. It's it's getting advice straight away. That's the biggest yeah. thing because in some cases you should rest it. Most cases you shouldn't. We have something called optimally load it. Now, if you can't squat, Naeem's hamstring. Um, you do a <laughs> you do a quarter squat. You do enough of it, or another particular movement that I'm sure um, I'll get him doing at some point to help him out. So it's finding an injury. Harrop curls. Harrop curls. There we go. It's finding an an injury's capacity to a load, and we spoke about this before with with injuries in previous podcasts. Um, you don't want to overflow the cup, so to speak, of your your muscles' capacity. You just want to be able to trickle in some some gentle loads some gentle stretching and resistance work, um, some soft tissue and uh, couch work, and then um, keep doing it. Consistency and you'll feel better. Mm. Guys, I feel a million times better. Thank you. I feel it's, like it's all right, man. So, no we're all here. I like it. Yes, dude, oh. you, just, you just sound like really relieved. Like you just had the best <laughs> tea in the world. Like, ah, oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> anyway, okay, cool. Moving on. Um, Lewis, I want to hit on your topic really, really quickly with spot reduction. So I think what's best to begin oh, with is actually addressing but yeah, 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 chill. I was about to say, I want to get into the what of it. And then that's when you, that's when you come in and interrupt me. All right, mate, cheers. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, Lewis, anyway, talk about this concept for us. Well, I've been asked it quite a few times. And it's the idea that you can burn fat in specific areas. Now, I don't know many PCs that believe this, but, you know, about that you could do that. But the way I look at it, I think there's a bit of a... Um, I think the reason there's a misconception is if somebody was to build muscle tissue um, in that area by working that area, sometimes they get the misconception that they are toning because they're building muscle. It's creating more shape. You understand what I mean? And I think that's why there's probably been a bit of misconception. If they say somebody just always gone and done squats. Yeah. You know, if you get enough protein, yeah, your quads might grow, you know, and that might give you a bit more shape and give the appearance that, oh yeah, look a little bit more toned. But doesn't necessarily mean you're burning fat in that specific area. Um, And every time I get asked this question, I simply say, well, it comes down to the basic fundamentals. You know, you get your nutrition right and you're burning more calories and you're taking in and then overall you decrease in your body fat percentage because everybody's slightly different um, of where they can store more fat than others. You get what I mean? Everybody might store some, you know, some people might store it more in their thighs. Some people like myself might be more in my chest or something like that. Um, yeah. but I mean, I wish there was, you know, a way to say, oh, you could, you could burn it right specifically in that leg if you wanted to, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that isn't the way it works. I mean, yeah, the, the way I look at it, you could get the toning effect if you were to work that area by building like lean muscle underneath, obviously, if you're getting again, your nutrition, right. But that doesn't again mean you are losing body fat in that area. So the way I look at it, you've got to think, right, I just got to get my nutrition, right. Continue getting my meals, right and i will overall decrease my body fat you know could, um could we say that 
instead of spot reduction, we could do spot production and we can produce muscles in a particular area, but we can't reduce Ooh. fat from a particular area. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a better way to sort of kind of put it in, in a way, wouldn't it? That's like um, next. That's like next topic, man. Chill, bro. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> episode nine. Yeah. Episode nine, guys. Well done. <laughs> what, what's, what's your take on it, Yusuf? Okay, I'll go first. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm completely. I guess I'm completely with you. A bit, one of the things is like, I think that I heard though. Well, like, what is the tone and effect, Lewis? Quickly, I just. I'm doing a bit of a bend well, here, just asking you a question. I think. <laughs> Again, I think there's a bit of a misconception in some ways because I think it depends on somebody's... Toning might just be shaping to somebody, whereas toning to another person might be, um, you know, looking a bit leaner. Um, yeah. And that usually... The way I like to look at toning is like a muscle, small, like, lean muscle and then you're decreasing your body fat percentage. So I like to look at it as two walls coming together, if you get what I mean. I don't sure. know if you can see my hands, but if you can get that no, in your head. No, no, I like can't. to see it like, how does, together, how in we see that? <laughs> I just like to look at it as the layer is getting thinner from both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, for sure, and that for creates sure. the shape. Um, but actually, yeah, to be, if I go back on that, actually, I think it would be more the shaping that would probably get people confused about toning. Um, yeah. From a gen- general public sort of point of view, um, yeah, yeah. Carry on what you're saying, I'm, I think. Did I get that? Did I get your point there? Ish, yeah, ish. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, ha- anyway, half-heartedly, come see, come sir. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm entirely in agreement that I almost believe it to be. And I say this to people. I actually had this conversation a few days ago with someone at the gym, and they were like, "Oh, I'm coming in today. I'm going to work stomach. I've got to get this away from my stomach and all this." I said, "That's oh. fantastic, mate." Yeah, I know it's terrible to hear, but I was like, "That's fantastic, mate." But what you need to understand is it's almost like a biological lottery. You know what I mean? Your body, when you're in a calorie deficit, your body is just looking for energy to fill that gap up. And of course, you've got readily available energy in the terms of fat. It's there, it's stored for that. Your body's like, you know, I'm probably going to need this at some point in time. Okay, that time has now appeared. I'm going to use that. But what doesn't happen is you can't sit there and think hard enough and channel everything to that one spot you want to get rid of. I think people tried to increase the blood flow um, as a way of trying to increase the chance of, you know, fat being used in that area. And some studies say it does work, um, but to the effect or to uh, what level it actually has an effect on overall body weight, uh, body fat um, reduction, I'm not really too sure. There's still something that's heavily, heavily debated. You know, the best thing personally from my perspective is getting your nutrition in order and some time and some type of resistance training because we don't only just want to lose fat. We actually want to, like, like you're saying, create some decent shape to go with it. You do want to look more athletic. You do want to, and it actually gives you a lot less work to do as well because you'll start to see progress a lot quicker when you're working from both sides. It's almost like a Venn diagram. And if we're kind of merging it a lot quicker because we're doing work in you know, circle one and circle two, you're going to hit circle three a lot quicker than if you're just simply focusing on one area, one type of way of producing body fat. Can I get an amen, people? Amen. I just um, sort I'll, of. I'll, I'll give you an. I'll give an aim. Just give me a. Just give me an aim. Just give me an What I've got is a slight discrepancy. Discrepancy with a slight challenge of this idea is. Yeah. I. I don't agree with spot reduction. That's the first thing. I think we're all all here because we're all equally kind of on the same wavelength as trainers. And that's why these podcasts are very, very good. Um, but we also come from different areas. For me, spot reduction is is a load of rubbish. And uh, like you've just said, Naeem, when you hear someone go, oh, I'm coming in because I want to do loads of abs because I want to get a flat stomach. It's kind of like, oh, okay, boy. I'm just going to jump off the top of the stairs here. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, to go with... A resistance-based workout and a fat loss workout. Um, what's the the famous saying where you sort of try and chase two rabbits and you won't catch any? I would want to focus solely on like a a fat loss hit style workout to start off with. We're not just forgetting about resistance work, but it might be higher based, less recovery time. 
bring the body fat down, you know, monitor, analyze what's going on. And then maybe in four or six weeks time, switch it, go through a little bit of a, a strength based plan, a muscle building plan. Um, solely because I think if you're trying to focus on losing and building, it's, it's, I don't think it's gonna be quicker. I think it's more contradictory. Mm. You know, can we, can we focus on like doing a load of body weight squats in a calorie deficit? Your legs are still going to develop, but they're not going to grow. They're not going to build when they're in a good calorie surplus with good clean eating. So I think it, it's dependent, you know, on the client in front of you, of course. But I do think focusing on some other things, and, and we spoke about it in previous episodes, you know, people come into a sit down in a consultation and they don't really know what they want. So it's kind of on the trainer to, to understand what they want and give them what they want rather than give them what they think they want. Um, what do you think? Is that, is that totally... Totally out of order. Yeah. No, 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 not totally out of order. Like, I definitely agree with it. I think um, it's like, I guess when we get into it and we do use resistance training, it has that stigma around it, though, that it is solely for muscle building. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess from like where I'm looking at it above, it's just, yeah, okay, it is mainly fat loss, but there's, there's different benefits that you can get from resistance training, which is why I never carry it out. Oh, right? But you, you are so you are right though. It, it depends on what's suitable for that person because hit training maybe for like a heavier person, for instance, like yeah. if they're jumping up and down, there's a serious load going onto their knee. For sure. And I'm just like, that's that can't happen. Because I don't I'll think, get sued for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think you you shouldn't, you know, deadlift or squat or or do these. Yeah big compound lifts. I don't think that shouldn't be a case. I just don't think it should be a focus, a goal to say, right, I'm going to start at a 20 kilo deadlift because I'm just starting yeah. out and now I'm going to try and work towards a 30 and now I'm going to work to a 40. Now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Progressively. It, over, yeah, I get you. I, get I don't, you. I don't want you to be on a progressive overload resistance plan. I want you to be using resistance exercises as part of a weight loss plan and then yeah. switch and focus on a strength building or a, uh, a muscle gaining plan. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, yeah, I think definitely a combination of the two is it's intense, isn't it? You know, yeah. if you've ever yeah. done a hit, hit is intense. That's, that's, it's in the name. Then you add a weight to hit. That's just like very hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like very high <laughs> interval training. It's nuts. It's a tool. I, I guess what we're all talking about are all tools for your fat loss. And yeah, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that and- one. I've cool. Thought- yeah, and how there's no one size fits all with fat loss. There's no spot yeah, reduction, yeah. but you need to find yeah. what suits for you. You know, I think we'd all agree that cardio probably isn't the best way to lose fat, but it is for some people. For sure. And then yeah. on the flip side of that as well, it's the same with muscle growth, isn't it? You know, there's no one way to do that, and just by observing how many strategies, how many different things you can try out there, it's so. There's just it's so many things. There's nothing that goes, this is the right way to... Well, people do try to say that. This is the right way. This is what you should be doing. It just, it's just, it just varies for different different people. Advanced is going to be so much different to someone who's a beginner. who's so much different to someone that's intermediate. Different yeah. things work for different people and then different situations. For, do you know what I mean? Because that person will obviously progress through those different stages of... Um, being an exercise practitioner uh, i'm quoting my fingers there i actually put that quotation marks i'm, I'm putting that on uh, on my next business card i'm not going to be a personal trainer anymore i'm going to be an exercise <laughs> practitioner that's right people that's right okay uh, Lewis, oh, i just want to throw yeah. something over at you quickly because of the style of gym that i've now seen you working out at over at corby yeah do you hear a lot of am i allowed to say bro science um yes where there's uh, <laughs> in terms of this is the best thing to build your chest this is the best chest building workout this is the best deltoid building workout is is that still a thing uh i still hear of it but it's not as common let's put it that way amazing um like yeah. I, I i think we said about you know how even the past five years things have changed quite a lot mm-hmm. in the fitness industry with the fact of social media so there's a bit more education out there um 
So I don't think there's as much talk from what I hear. But there is recommendations, if you know what I mean. There's more like, oh, you have. it's not like you have to do this to build your chest. It's more like, oh, you could try this. And I think I've seen, that's how I've seen it change over time. But that's just within margin. There still might be some of that in other places. But, you know, I can't talk for, you know, all gyms in this. Oh, no, of course. But where I train, I've noticed, yeah, it's become more like recommendations. And you could try this. You could try this. You got this option. Find what works for you. Stuff like that. Um, And is there still a thing of like, I don't know a good example of it now. Um, Like, things by putting your hands in slightly different places hits the muscle differently the best way to hit upper traps is to go for an overhand grip on a barbell rather than an underhand yeah grip. there is there is still a bit of that oh. and i think again it is finding, <laughs> yeah there is still a bit of that around um you know where exactly position wise um but again i think it comes down to finding for an individual what is good for them well, you know, that's that's my and like that. point yeah. and my argument all the time is someone might come over and say, oh, on the barbell, you need to have your your fingers at, you know, like ring finger width rather than middle finger width. I'm like, yeah. what is a centimeter doing different to my scapular position? Yeah. I think um, it's like, you know, like, for example, bench in a hand position, there's a lot of talk around that. Um and then it's finding, like, I've tried different grips, and sometimes I find, I'll find a wider grip will work better for me than a more narrow grip, whereas some people will be stronger in a more narrow grip than a wider grip. Um, and like shrugs and my, as well. Shrugs is a funny one. Like, barbell shrugs My don't point work with the me, bench press, know. yeah. Go on. The, the bench press stuff, surely if you just go in narrow, hitting more triceps, wider, hitting more pecs, mm. and neutral is at the bottom of the position where your forearm is basically vertical. They're the three positions I would work with. Mm. Like anywhere tweaking those is then just body type and body shape. Yeah. Um, you know, perhaps shoulder flexibility or mobility issues. But there's yeah. no better or worse way to go, are oh, you in a neutral grip? You know what you should try is bring your hands in an inch. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I'm in no man's land now. I'm not there's narrow a, enough to hit YouTube, triceps. Isn't there? Yeah. There's a lot of that on YouTube, a lot of, you should try this grip and you should try yeah. this because it will work for you. And then you try it. Okay. It might always work the same. bench by 100 kilograms. And they're always, uh, yeah. always American, aren't they? Or, they I think it's even like stuff, Ooh, increase your that. deadlift and stuff like this, isn't it? You know, like increase your deadlift, but that that isn't specific to somebody. Because mm. the deadlift can consist of so many different muscle groups, you might have weaknesses in specific areas, and they, those recommended exercises won't do anything for you. You know mm. what I mean? Totally. That's, that's, that's wicked. That's wicked. All right, fellas, shall we? Because uh, this has got to be a speedball of a of a podcast. Shall we? Shall we touch on? We've still got ages left, mate. No, we don't. Uh, <laughs> we don't, pal. We really don't. <laughs> what was the other one again? Wasn't it? So. It's all right, I'll remind you. That's what I'm here for. Sorry, can I can I I'm just quickly tell the listeners what we do at the start of this? We all get together and say, so who's leading today? Who's going to be in charge of the topics? Yeah. yeah. It's like at the start, we've gone, right, Naeem, you lead it today. You've got all the topics in front of you. And Lewis is going, what's the next one? He's about yeah, to I'm, tell you. I'm taking the lead on this, guys. <laughs> so, carry on, carry on. I'm our I'm last listening. topic. It's actually pretty interesting, like as we've been talking about kind of like uh, spot fat reduction and all these different things, um, working in areas and certain specific muscles. We've had a lot of talk about that today. And I've always, always had little conversations with people about like the utility of resistance machines. Um, so, you know, like your pec deck, um, your seated rows with the handles. Um, what, what else? What else could we go on? I think people get the idea from them because they're the ones that are mainly are widely used. Obviously, a chest press, all the machines, and it's like people are. There's such a great area, and it'd be so interesting for me to get your guys' insight into where do you feel resistance machines um, place? I guess in in your priorities, like are, are they something you avoid? Are they something that you implement? And if you implement them, why? How do you use them? So I'm gonna put both of your names in a hat. Oh, pull one out, Ben. I didn't. I didn't actually do that. I lied. I just, <laughs> I just, it just popped into my head, Ben. 
I yeah. Again, this is going to be really interesting to hear to hear Lewis's side of it in terms of the the weights work. You know, the meathead. Um, the meathead the, side. The, the, sorry, I was trying to be polite, <laughs> naive. You know. <laughs> um, for me, I don't understand when people have a chest workout and they'll go bench press, they'll go incline dumbbell flies, they'll go incline dumbbell dumbbell press, and then go and sit on the pec deck and the resistance machine chest press, like. Mm. Same movement patterns. Now, if you've got enough energy to do the back deck and the seated resistance machine, do some more on the bench press, in my eyes. Yeah. Do some more on the yeah. dumbbells. Yeah. Um, lengthen your rest time. Decrease your weights a little bit. And maybe that's something that hopefully Lewis is going to enlighten us on is over the course of a, a 60 or 90-minute resistance-based workout, the, the recovery time between doing your flat bench and then your seated resistance machine for the chest um has a benefit in itself um Mm. for me i look at movements and the movements are very fixed on a fixed resistance machine funnily enough um (laughs) which the problem i have with that is not so much the machine is setting up the position I don't think people understand enough the importance of the seat height, the handle position, the start position of any of the the chest place. So I I use them. I quite enjoy them with my clients. They they quite like working it, say, on a busy gym floor when the, the bench or the squat racks are taken up and we can sit on a leg press. For me, a very similar movement, not quite the same. Mm. But my clients' needs are, are being met and we're not in the middle of the, the free weights area. I'm all mm. for them. I'm all for them. But then that's under my watchful eye, making sure they're setting up properly. Sure. sure. There we go. I'm done. Lou, meathead perspective, please. There's, there's... <laughs> <laughs> now, I'd like to do more research on the meathead side of it, but I'll give you from my experience um, okay. and what I see. There's a lot of things I could say. I think they're good, especially for beginners. Um for reasons of safety and understanding uh, mind-muscle connection, you know, getting that good feel and understanding, you know, what, what that feeling is. And then also I think it's good for, like, for me, if I'm in a training session, I think the only times I really use it if I want something very specific or if I'm feeling like my session, if I'm feeling very fatigued and I feel that if I go to the free weights, I don't feel my performance will be good and I have the, or I will be running the risk of an injury. So what I will do, I will use the machines as a safety for that day, if I feel that my technique is not good on that day to prevent an injury in the free weights. Um, but I can say it's not, again, it would probably be like one machine, you know, use really. Um, mm-hmm. The majority will be free weights. I do know some people that use machines more in the meathead category. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I think, it, yeah, if I want something specific, I will use it. Um, but okay. it won't necessarily always be the standard stuff. You know what I mean? In I terms think the of, standard yeah. stuff is good for when you're beginning, if you understand what I mean. For that reason I mentioned is in understanding the feeling when you've got that mind-muscle connection, understanding how it should feel when you go over to the free weight version. Um, and then also kind of practice technique. If you can get a really good technique on a machine, then you could say, right, apply similar principles into the free weights. Um depending on obviously what the move is. Um, and then obviously it is a big one that most newbies turn to. Um, but again, you can run the risk of an injury on a machine if you haven't got your position right. So I think there needs to be education do, on that. Do you use specific like training methods? So I'm sort of talking uh, pause reps or rest reps or uh, time <laughs> decentric loading on the machines better. If anything, I think on machines, I find control, more controlled moves are better on machines, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I want to do more like volume, you know, that's, that's again, where I'd use it more specifically. I think, to be honest, when it comes to most of my training, like, again, now I use more free weights and use the same sort of control. Um, thinking of this week, I've only really used two machines. And then one, the main one I'd use, for example, I'll give you like a chest, right? The only time I use a machine, it's not even... Well, it's one of those ones you put plates on. And what I would do is I would have an underhand grip to press up and I'd keep my chin up and that's more targeting upper chest. And that's something specific I learned um, 
a long time ago and that really that i find that works and i think there was some sort of mm. statistics that it works really like a lot more than an incline bench press does um Probably doing that yeah. percentage and that getting that control i feel it's so much better on that because of the movement pattern of the machine than i would on a free weight um and that would be if I, basically if i find anything that i think is going to feel better for me than a free weight would, I would probably use that. But majority of the time, I try to look at the free weight option first. So um, what, I'm, what I was getting at there is, say if you had to, uh, I suppose even like a drop set is a, a really simple example where you start at a certain weight, you hit a maximum amount of reps, you take the weight down. Yeah. On a yeah. on what you just said there, a plates-loaded machine, although that's a fixed movement, it's still very difficult to unload the weights in between reps, whereas on a yeah. pin loaded resistance machine would we say that's obviously much easier to do you can start at a certain yeah. weight you can almost incrementally drop it down quite quickly yeah i think actually yeah that's a good point i think drop something like drop sets are really good on machines that gives you a lot more option because obviously that quick movement transition um and then obviously the fact of a bit more safety because if you're using free weights on a drop set your form could go, could go out the window as you go along you know so it can keep you in a little bit more Dependent again on the machine, it can keep you in a bit more fixed position and prevent you from an injury. Um, it's a bit of a, there's a lot you could say, but there's a lot of different areas and a lot of different things you could go into with it because it, it would vary in everybody's training. You know, that's just how I personally use it, but somebody else who does the same sort of thing might use it more than I do. Um, yeah. But for me, that's I think that's something I'd love to research a little bit more to see what other people do. And I might ask other people as well. Yeah. Um, but the people I've trained with, it's not really been that machine focused as well. Um, it will only again be for something very specific that you're trying to achieve that works. Um, cool. but yeah, that's, that's sort of my take on a machine. So very, yeah, very effective, especially when you're beginning. Um, and I think as, and it's also good to include your free weights as well, especially when someone's starting off. Um, yeah. but. You know, I think when you got a trainer, when you got a PT, free weights would probably be more of an option because you got that PT to instruct you and show you how to do things safely. But for those who just go in and really don't have a clue, it is one of the more safer options, if you understand what I mean. Um, that's fair. That's fair to say. Yeah. But, Lou, I'm going to ask you a quick question, um, on. simply on something that you said a little while back, that you were yeah. saying that with a lot of the meatheads, you see that their programs or what they do in the gym is mainly machine-based. So I know that your point is that it is good, and I agree with you, it is good for beginners. But yeah. then if, if it is that good for beginners, why is an advanced or like a meathead in your gym mainly using that in their program? And I think I know why, and it's from what you guys have already discussed, but I just want to see what your perspective is. And then if it's cool, you guys, I'll give you my little thinking or rhetoric of like what I think about this as well. Well, sometimes... I think there's several different reasons why some people could be using machines. <laughs> One reason could be a bit ego lifting because you could stack on a lot of plates in some of these yeah. machines. Uh, the second reason is because it works for them. You know, that they find they get a better contraction of whatever muscle they're training on that machine. Um, mm. Whereas myself, I haven't found that. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, to be honest, those are my main two points, really. Um, it, again, it's, it's, I mean, they might have had a recommendation. Again, that could be a third. They might have been recommended to try that, you know, and they've yeah. included it in their plans, and then they're trying to see if it's going to work for them. Um, off the top of my head, I think those three would come. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's, that's that's good. That's good. Um, I think, <laughs> like when it comes when it comes to resistance machines, like I feel I'm I'm in line with you guys, man. Like, there's definitely a place for them. Um, if there's an over reliance to them, like any other method, that's when we need to start paying a little bit more attention because. They're called isolation machines for a reason. You know what I mean? They're there to isolate specific yeah. muscles. And then from my perspective as an advanced lifter, well, not me, but I'm saying from an advanced lifter's perspective, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys, we've got, we've got an advanced lifter in the house. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know how to increase your lift? Always whoop before your lift, yeah? Always whoop. <laughs> <Anyway>. um, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, but from their perspective, I understand that if you're getting on stage and you've got, let's, let's go with Arnie, for instance. He noticed that his calves were the thing that were always holding him back from maybe scoring higher than he wanted to. And so 
isolation machines and that kind of case where he's solely just wanting to focus on his calves and burning those out would be really, really beneficial because he doesn't have to balance all these different variables of, okay, let's say he did a standing calf raise uh, with a barbell and not a Smith machine. There's a lot of other coordination and balance and other muscles that are at play here. Whereas when you're fixed in a machine at fixed resistance, he has the opportunity to go through, I guess, burnout strategies a lot safer. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. You just mentioned a machine I'm not a big fan of in there. Oh, I apologize. I could, I could hear like weird breathing. I was like, are you all right? <laughs> He's just enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, but that's, that's an example. That's an example of yeah, that's yeah. what I, if I was to look at an advanced lifter and they're on there and they're pumping away their bicep, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they're just trying to, you know, get that little edge or a little bit more out of it. Um, yeah. Whereas obviously, there's the gaps in the way for them. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. It's almost just like adding that, that little bit, whatever, whatever it may be, just that little top up. And rather than trying to balance all these variables, they just solely want to focus on that muscle. And so then when we look at that from like a, a general be, um, beginner, let's say, I believe they'd be a lot better off with uh, your full body compounds. But from a psychological perspective, if you feel more comfortable in the gym um, on resistance machines to begin with, just understand that that's, that's the start of the journey and things that you are picking up from that. And like Ben is right in saying this setup is key. Uh, even today when I was on my gym floor looking around, setup was atrocious. And you've got to think, and I always say this to people, you've got to make the machines work for you. You don't work for that machine. Do you know what I mean? So you have to do things that feel good for your biomechanics, for your structure, um, which is why I've seen loads of people adding almost like pull-down handles to the lat pull-downs. People have put a bench there so they're not leaning back as much, so they're not shifting into the upper back. They're keeping it in the lats. Like, we have to arm ourselves with enough, um, I guess, enough information that helps you in that situation. And, and that doesn't come from just simply going to the gym and simply just smashing out a resistance machine, um, resistance machines every single session. It's, okay, how can I make this feel better? Where's it actually supposed to be targeting? Take an interest in this. Because resistance machines shouldn't be a thing that you sit on. And I did see this, by the way. That's why I'm not going to rant on this, but... I did see this. Like someone was on the, the bleeding hip adduction machine, so bringing your knees in towards each other. It's just, just on her phone, just on her phone, and then looking up at the ceiling. And it was genuinely, you know, like when you need a wee or something and, you, and you're just kind of just shaking a little bit. That's how it looked. There was, no, there was no focus. There was no concentration. There was no actual real worth. There was no, there was no real quality set there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So there, there's, there's always the pros and cons of these things. And it's just making sure that we always pro it and try to really control our cons. Yeah, so I like that. Can we can I just come in now? And obviously, yeah, Lewis, course. you've just gone, oh, I don't like that machine. Is there a resistance machine that you'd want to wipe from the gym floor forever? Oh, oh that's a good question. Smith, Smith machine. Smith oh, machine? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. Like, out of anything on the gym floor, you'd get rid of a Smith machine. You're making me think now, because <laughs> I don't really turn to them. So I'm like, mm, what is the worst one than the Smith machine? Well, I definitely... You know, I feel like you're both going to mention one. I'm like, oh, yes, that I've one. got one um, for sure. I've got Smith machine because it encourages a bit of weird technique. That's why it's... Like, a lot of people do squats on it. And I don't think it's very natural to do squats on a Smith machine. But then also, can we just say that there is some good things to come from a Smith machine? There is. There is. Sure. Yeah, there is. I mean, Older there is one Smith machine that it moves um, like in two ways. That one's not too bad. I don't, I don't know what one it's called now, but you might know what I mean. Is in rather it moves just up and down. It does move in the rack as well. That mm. one's not. That one's okay. But the ones that are very static, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of personally. Nine, um, got any ideas? What of things that I want to wipe? Yeah, yeah. So a resistance yeah, machine sure. you don't want to see on the gym floor. Just one. I don't yeah. want to list. Nah, nah, don't worry, mate. Don't worry. I've only got one. It's that weird one where um, I think it works on abduction and adduction, but it's when you're standing and you're almost like swaying your leg from side to side. Oh, okay. Like uh, a, you get both your feet fixed and you're hanging on. It's like a, a donkey kick to the side. It's weird, man. That one, right. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. That one is weird. Like I barely ever see it anymore. 
to be fair. So clearly someone, the universe agreed with me to some extent, but that one was weird. I, was, it, I haven't I haven't seen one of them for years. Track one in mine. Track. Is it one of oh, yours? Oh yeah. god! Everyone go to Corby. It's one of the best gyms around. <laughs> <laughs> it's never really used. Not gonna lie. I've never seen it used. <laughs> I, I just ripped it. What about you, Ben? Uh, the abdominal crunch machine. Oh, that's a ooh. good one. That is every ooh, single out. gym, and it's like. Why are you sat there just pulling a bar over your shoulders to do crunches? It is if, you can't, if, if you can't do a crunch, don't do a crunch. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of other abdominal exercises that will help strengthen you up. Is this sure, one where you're sure. reaching overhead and you're kind of leaning yep. forward to crunch your abs? Yeah. Okay. So very, what, very much like... Again, explain. Uh, because... It's, <laughs> sorry, yeah, I shouldn't be thinking. Like, sat down... Your postural muscles, which is primarily your core, so abs, lower back, erector spinae, multifidious that go through your spine, they are not doing an awful lot when you're supported. So in terms of then activating from a uh, a laying down point of view, so a, a supine point of view doing a normal crunch, if, if you're, it's exactly the same movement, but totally different because gravity is working a different way. Now, if you want to add resistance to it, forgetting about your ego, hold a plate, hold a dumbbell, hold a kettlebell. It doesn't matter. That resistance in a supine crunch is a million times better than sitting down <laughs> and pulling 60 kilos over your shoulders. For sure. For sure. I, I, I agree, man. And I just think as well, you know, you've actually got to think about what you're training here. All you're training is spinal flexion. And as all of us know, the core is a multifunctional muscle. There's so much more you can do than just spinal flexion, spinal flexion, spinal well, I think flexion. The core isn't a muscle, is, is something to say. You know, oh, it's, it's a it's... structure, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Here is the pedantic guy in the corner yeah. that pops up every so often. Here's the guy. You've used the wrong there, kid. I'd like to bring up the subject next week of how abs is a bit of a misconception how to train abs amazing Ooh, let's, do that. Abs. let's do Ooh, that you lot heard it here today <laughs> whether you're advanced intermediate beginner or mega mega elite yeah abs i like that we'll talk that, about i mean we're going to episode nine's content already but guys watch out for all three of our own ab exercises what we would class as the best ab exercise workouts or something like that and there'll be three different ones nice, mm. nice. let's get it done Let's get it done, fellas. I will be dropping that video as soon as my hamstring heals a little bit. I'll be getting that video of um, the butt wink mobility. So everyone has heard that here on episode eight. Naeem has just gave himself the kick of the bum to get that done. Okay. All right. All right. Well, when, when, when you're <laughs> right. ready, I'll, I'll, my content is on your content. So I'm ready. With yeah, you. I know. It's, it's <laughs> brewing. It's brewing, people. It's brewing. Have we got our quotes today? Oh, have yeah, we got a quote? To say. I always forget this bit. You guys go, I'll find a quote. Ooh, ben, I'm going to use an Edgley quote just for you, mate. I just finished the oh, book stop yesterday. stop it. <laughs> Lou, would you like to go first? Now, it's not Marcus Aurelius this time. Oh, so, my gosh. I broke the tradition. <laughs> it's actually from a film, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. It's based off oh, of wow. the name of the real guy, but I know Will Smith was in that film. It was an amazing it's film, that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And he says to his son, which I like because it's very simple and you can build off it a lot more. He just says, you want something, go get it, period, like that. And I'm like, yeah. to be honest, that is, you know what I mean? Like, if you want something, you, you take action. Not, don't just think For about sure. it. Go and get it. <laughs> go and chase it. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I like it. You know what I mean? Because it's literally straight to the point. It's not beating around the bush. If you want it, you have to do something for it. So that there we awesome. go. That is awesome. So I'm going to quote Ben's Ben's man of the hour, Mr. Ross Edgley. It's longer than an hour by now. Oh, right? come on. <laughs> man of the year. Man of, man of a lifetime. <laughs> Ross Edgley. And it, it's something that I just think is it, it's so true. It's that, you know, fitness is a journey. Everyone should start, but no one should finish. And I think that that right there is a lot bigger than even just fitness. It's like general improvement, whether it be, if, if all of us as PTs, like our growth as PTs 
we should always start that journey and we should never ever finish we should there should always be something that we could do better at there is no, there is never a perfect you know what i mean there's never a, a there's never a a finishing line for stuff like that okay yeah i, I do this great but now what's next yeah otherwise you just just stagnate and it could be that you've stagnated at a fantastic point but you're stagnant and people are moving around you you know we're all in a very dynamic environment and you can get overtaken at any time that's all i want to say that's what nice. i'm just going to put two peace sign peace peace uh, we can't see that either by the way i know oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right I've, I've dug one out from the archive um oh, you're already- I can't change direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails and always reach my destination. Hey, love that one. That's wicked. That's so wicked. it's being adaptable. Very similar to what you just said there, Naeem, really. If if you're not prepared to change, you're not prepared to adapt to your current situation to make the best of that situation, then you're going to stay in the same place. You can always get some momentum behind you, change where you're going and improve and progress. For sure. And I think that quote right there, is empowering the individual it's it's almost like when you're saying you know you can't change the winds no you can't change this external factor and we've we've briefly all touched upon this before but internally so you in this case you can control how you perceive respond and act to it so yeah that's awesome i like that love it that's pretty sick so fellas are we uh do we bid everyone good day this yep. is where we finish the podcast. Yes, mate. Yeah, well done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, on, it's on you, Naeem. You're controlling the podcast. Do you want me? Just... <laughs> <laughs> this is staying in. This is staying in on the final edit. <laughs> <laughs> what to do. So sorry, guys. We're going to keep this in as well, you know, because this is as natural as, as possible. But yeah, thank you for listening to episode eight. Is there anything else that you fellas would like to say? Can we just say goodbye to everyone listening and thank you? I think thank you and goodbye is a really nice way to finish. Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya.